much for tuning into this episode of the Black Catalyst Podcast. It's me, Kyle, your host. And today we're going to be speaking to corporate attorney Jasmine Joseph. I want to thank you so much, first and foremost, for coming on the podcast. And um, just to give a little background about uh, Jasmine, she's currently an associate at a law firm. She works within the firm's transaction practice. And some of the work she does there is concentrated on the representation of investors, startup companies, and some of the work she does involves general business counseling, venture capital, financing, mergers and acquisitions, among other things. So Jasmine, my first topic I want to discuss today is what specifically interests you about uh, business law? Yeah, so um, first off, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Um, but yes, um, so business law. I come from a family of educators. Uh, both mm. my parents are teachers. So school wasn't an option. I knew I had to go to school and do something, uh, you know, after that. So uh, that that counted the summer times, right? So my mom signed me up one summer when I was in high school for a, a mock law school program where um, we took classes that were based on law school. And, you know, it just, I really liked it. Um, I enjoyed just the sort of banter and going back and forth and preparing a mock trial and all that stuff. I mean, I don't do any of that now as a business attorney, but that's sort of what, like, brought me in the direction of the law in the first place. And then, um, you know, when I got to college, I had to pick a major and I was like, oh, well, I, the law stuff was cool. So why not just check that out and see how that is. And, you know, every class that I took that was related to the law just interested me more and more and just made me feel like, okay, you know what? This is something that I can actually see myself doing. So um, I went to law school um, and I think what kind of brought me in the direction of business law was just sort of thinking about, um, you know, I definitely wanted to do something that I thought would give me a skill set that I could bring back to my community and, you know, benefit the community. But I also didn't want to be broke. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. And, to be completely honest with you. Um, and so, you know, uh, civil rights attorneys and government attorneys and, you know, um, working in the criminal system, like all of that work is super, super important. And, um, but it's a little heavy, you know, it's a little heavy for me. And also like those jobs just don't pay very well. And I went to Georgetown and I had a lot of uh, bills. So I was just trying to figure out like, okay, how can I, you know, um, give back, um, but also, you know, put myself in a financial position where I can help take care of my family, help take care of myself. So um, just kind of getting exposed to the world of business law, I realized that, you know what, like the black community is suffering not only from the criminal law system and all the other systems, um, but also like we have this huge wealth gap in our community, right? Mm -hmm. Where there's just a lack of, um, you know, entrepreneurship. Like we're just, we're just systematically denied financial opportunities as well. And so I thought that, you know, educating myself in that area would be something that would be helpful because, you know, I can then do what I'm doing now, which is sort of like spread that knowledge and give that back to um, business owners, you know, black owned business owners, um, so that they can start their businesses and we can hopefully get to a place in our community where we are closing that, that gap, right? And we have that knowledge that we need. So um, I think that is what made me uh, go in that direction. And even though right now, like I'm working with a, a big law firm, um, I try to take every opportunity that I can within and without the firm to sort of spread that knowledge. So this is a great opportunity for me to do that as well. I got you. Uh, you said a lot. In terms of one point that I really wanted to touch on is the beginning with like the law, because a lot of people, especially with law, the first thing that anybody, especially in our community, when you think of law, they think of police, they think of like, you know, criminal justice law. They don't ever understand that with business and entrepreneurship, there's a whole world of law that is outside of just cops, outside Absolutely. of just getting pulled over. Absolutely. And that's why, uh, like to point you said, how the knowledge that you're gaining in that in that area is going to be very beneficial to the community because there's so many people who don't even know what an LLC is. They want to be an entrepreneur, but they don't even know. And that's some of the topics that we're going to get into later. But specifically, I want to know if somebody is on a path to becoming you know, a corporate attorney like yourself, what would that look like for them? Yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously you have to go to law school. So mm -hmm. um, one thing for me that I think I was fortunate to kind of understand earlier on in my uh, college career that I wanted to go to law school, um, which, which helped me kind of guide me because, you know, to get into law school, you know, it's very rigorous. You do have to have good grades and um, you do have to take the LSAT um, to, to even be admitted into law school. So mm. having figured out early on, like, 
what those steps and you know what just to take it a step back I think with anything right that you want to do in life like the first step is always like do your research right mm. do your research and make a plan so I mean look into what it is that you're trying to do and what the steps are to get there right and then make a plan like that sounds simple but a lot of people kind of don't actually take those steps like they yeah, just like, they oh, skip steps lawyer. <laughs> right they're just like, i just want to be a lawyer and it's like okay but like what are the you know specific things that you have to do and then a lot of times like they skip a step like you said and then they find themselves having to go back and like re you know uh like fix things that they did in their past to kind of put themselves in the position to get to the next step if that makes sense so i definitely saw myself being interested in the law and um looked looked into it like what is it that i have to do i am the first lawyer in my family so you know figured out okay gotta go to law school obviously like all right um what is it what does it take to get into law school so figuring out the grades that i would need what types of classes i should take to to be a good candidate for law school as well as you know learning about the lsat and taking an lsat prep course i did all of that like within my last two year 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 and a half two years of of uh, college and then i went straight through to law school um, law school is three years. Um, so I, I did my three years. And then after that, um, I, you know, took the bar exam and went straight, went straight through to sort of, you know, becoming an attorney, like, like about six months out of law school. Um, one thing that I was able to do that really like made the process so much better for me was, um, securing a summer position at the law firm where I actually ended up joining. Mm. Um, as a summer associate um, while I was in law school. So, you know, there are a lot of positions out there like where firms will hire you to work as an associate at their firm, um, sort of like an internship, paid mm. internship, very well paid internship. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, you, it's sort of like, a, it's sort of like a, a 10 week interview, you know, like you mm. go there, do the best thing you can the best job you can and then if you do a good job you know they will invite you to come back full-time once you graduate so i was able to get myself into a program like that um which made it a lot easier you know because you know once going back to school knowing that i had a job you know it just kind of lifted that way of course i still try to get good grades but mm. you know um just knowing that i had a job waiting for me helped a lot so mm. that really did sort of streamline the process for me i was able to once i passed the bar just sort of start working um, at my firm and um, I've been there for almost two years now so uh, that's kind of what my process looked like um, and you know I'm happy to you know answer any questions that anyone may have if you have any listeners that are interested in going to law school like you know you can always go to my page jumpstart with jazz and um, ask any questions that you have and I'm, I'm happy to you know be a sort of you know source of guidance for people on that I got you um, specifically, like I know the world of internships are crazy and I don't normally, I like to focus on entrepreneurship. But I also like to focus on the business aspect too. And on, internships are very important for college students. And I don't think that a lot of college students go through their normal college progression and they just say, you know, let me take my classes, I'm gonna do whatever. And then hopefully try to find a job. And me personally, I think that's the wrong way to go about it. I think from day one, you get on campus, you should be looking for professional opportunities and whatever you want to do. So can you speak a little bit on certain ways you like while you were in um, undergrad that you seek different opportunities? Absolutely. So I did a lot of internships when I was an undergrad. I agree with you that they're very important. Um, for me, I'm an, I'm an experiential learner. If that's the yeah. way I don't know. <laughs> I might be saying it wrong, but I learned by doing right. So, I mean, sitting in a class and having someone talk at me, like, wasn't really the most effective way for me to learn information. I like to kind of get out there in the field and like, see, see what's going on. Like that's mm -hmm. how I learned. And so, um, I took every internship opportunity I could get and I didn't even have any legal internships before I went to law school. Um, mm -hmm. all of them were just in other areas. I interned at a nonprofit called the women's media center in DC. Um, that's focused on just increasing um, positive roles for women in the media. Mm. So I did that for about six months. Um, I was a Grammy U a student representative slash intern, which is a organization that's uh, affiliated with the Grammys. So they do a bunch of like entertainment kinds of stuff um, on campus and I got involved with that. Um, I just like scoured the internet, you know, yeah, pretty yeah. much like for like, all types of internships and if it was anything that i was inter uh, interested in i just did it you know and i think 
that's so important for college students to do or any student to do because I mean I put all those things on my resume when I applied for my my, my yeah. uh, first legal internships and even I was kind of nervous because I was like well none of this stuff has to do with the law but one of the comments I got in my interview was like hey like we noticed that you're such a well-rounded person like you've mm. done all you had all these different experiences um and you know you 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 get skills from every single thing that you do even if it's not directly related to the job you're applying for mm. so um i yeah i am a big 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 advocate of, of doing internships um and there are just there's so many reasons i mean you can you have google right so mm. get on google Google internships, most schools have some kind of like job board or internship boards. Um, uh, they, they usually have a career services office or something like that where you can kind of find out more opportunities, but I mean, they're everywhere. So gotcha. did networking play a role too for you? Like, did you find people that would like kind of play like a mentorship role in your career? Um, I mean, as far as in college and the internships, um, I, would, I mean, really not so much. I think honestly, my internships, like I said, they really came from me just like following up on opportunities that my school would send out um, and just like word of mouth from other people that I knew. But as far as mentorship being important in general, I definitely think later on down the road in, in my path to um, law school and my path, you know, through law school and even now as an attorney, like mentorship has been super important um and not only mentorship but something that you know we call sponsorship right so you have a mentor and that's someone who kind of can give you the game give you the ropes but then you have you have a sponsor and that's somebody who will advocate for you to get you know what they feel you deserve right and in the corporate america world like it's, it's super important to to have those sponsors because you know those are the people that are going to help you get to the top um but yes, um, as far as like mentorship, going back to that, um, yes, I had so many people who um, at Howard, that's where I went to undergrad, HU, um, <laughs> who, you know, just like helped me kind of navigate the law school process, the process of getting into law school. I had a, a, a professor that was an attorney, so she was always able to answer any questions I had. Um, and you know it's it's important to talk to people who are where you want to be you know because they are the ones who can you know right. give you the information and you don't always have to take every single thing that they say or do everything they did it you know they did the way they did it but at the end of the day you know it is very important to get get that advice you know and have people that can guide you along the way for sure got you so now we're gonna really get into it, all right? I'm I'm gonna try not to ask, I'm gonna try not to shoot too many questions at you, all right? <laughs> but let's right, say right promise. now, I promise, I got you. All right. Let's say right now, I've been operating a business for a little bit of time, right? I'm getting nervous. I don't know what's the next steps to take, right? <laughs> okay. So legally, what do you think? Now, nah, I mean, you obviously know, but legally, what should a business owner do first? Legally, you should consult an attorney right mm. i mean if you're thinking about you know if you're thinking about forming a business if you're thinking about doing anything legal mm -hmm. <laughs> the thing to do is to talk to an attorney mm. um a lot of small business owners are not trying to hear that because you know they think attorneys are too expensive and things like that i mean i have so many clients who are just like they try to like have us be as involved as little as possible because they don't want to pay our bills and it's understandable but you know there, there's a reason why you know we have this expertise right mm -hmm. and a lot of times um, business owners wait until it's too late um, to get an attorney involved um, I have clients that will come you know after they have already done the thing and then like oh what should we do and it's, we can always help you know counsel you and figure out how to sort of navigate different situations once you're in them, but it's better if you would come to us beforehand and kind of say like, all right, this is what I'm thinking. This is the kind of business that um, I want to start or I have started. And like, what what do I need to do from here? How should I navigate these situations? So it's, it's almost like a, a mentor, right? Like kind mm. of going back to that conversation about like, um, having somebody who can guide your, step, your steps. Like that's what an attorney is there to do. Mm. So um, especially when you have a business attorney, you know? Um, 
you should you should always you should always always do that and you know there are shortcuts that you can take if you for example a lot of startups um they go to websites like legal zoom yeah or whatever <laughs> these other websites that can like make the documents for you to form your llc or your corporation um you know i mean it's better <laughs> if you have an attorney do it but if you want to take those shortcuts you can if you're if you're tight on cash like it, it, it makes sense but you know you always want to still talk to you should still talk to an attorney before that mm-hmm. just to even get sort of that insight on like okay what kind of entity should i form should i even form an llc or should i do a corporation or or what you know this is the industry that i'm looking on looking into and a, an attorney will be able to you know um just guide you to think about other considerations that you may not even know you should be thinking about you know Mm. so even if you talk to the attorney and they give you the insight and then you decide to go to legal zoom after that you know and take a shortcut and do legal zoom then like take your legal zoom documents back to the attorney and have them like look at them and make sure that they you know you can cut down on costs in different ways but it's definitely a good thing to at least consult with an attorney um from the beginning that that is really important um, to just avoid mistakes. So that's, that's, that's probably the number one thing. And then the next step, you know, is to actually form a legal entity, right? Mm. Which is super important. Um, because essentially you want to separate yourself from the business, right? If you, I always say like, if you want to get paid like a business needs to behave like a business, right? (laughs) So if, you are sort of like, hey, I'm Joe Schmo, and you know, I'm, you know, an individual, and I'm taking your money as an individual, but then I'm trying to say like this is a business deal, and then like you're muddying the waters too much. Mm-hmm. Um, you're opening yourself up to liability, right? So if you're dealing with somebody who's a customer and they are unhappy with a service that you've provided them or a product that you've provided them with, um, and you don't have a legal entity that's formed for the business that you're running, they can sue you individually, right? Like not mm. the business, cause there is no actual business entity, right? They'll like the come person themselves, yeah. Right, they'll come after you. So um, that means like, if you have a house, if you have a car, if you have your personal funds in your bank account, like if that person decides to sue you, you know, all of those things that you have are at risk. Whereas if you have formed a legal entity, whether it be a LLC or corporation or, or another kind of entity, um, typically, you know, that protects you from liability or it limits your liability, right? So if someone wants to sue um, your company, they're suing your company. They can only come after the things or the assets that are held by your company, right? So it just gives you that degree of separation and it's really important. So, um, you know, once you kind of have figured out that you want to start a business, like the first step is definitely after consulting an attorney to form that actual entity with the state. Mm. Okay. Excuse my ignorance right now. This question to you might seem like it's simple, but I generally don't know. So if somebody wanted like legal advice, could they come directly to you specifically? Um, well, to me, like, no, I must like, say like, how much, like, let's just say in this like situation, say I want to contact you, right? I'm a business owner. Would I be able to contact you? Yeah. You specifically. I mean, you can, yes, you can contact me or another person that you know, that's an attorney. Um, you, I mean, you want to contact someone who's, you know, who specializes in business law. That's another mm-hmm. thing that a lot of people don't realize is that not all lawyers like do all kinds of law right Mm -hmm. like like people say to me all the time all right well are you a lawyer all right so if i get arrested like i'm gonna call you and it's like i can't can't (laughs) you know like i might be able to refer you to somebody who can help you but i don't do criminal law so that's not you know there's but so much i would really be able to do in that situation but you definitely want to get someone who's like who's qualified in business law for me you know i do work with a firm you know Mm -hmm. um so, you know, if you were to contact me, then I would have to go through the proper channels of, you mm-hmm. know, onboarding you through my firm. And, um, but yes, absolutely. Like you can reach out to me. Um, if you know someone that's an attorney, you know, you can ask them for a referral. 
Um, you can go online and kind of search uh, attorneys in your area that do the kind of law that you need, um, which would be, you know, business or entrepreneurship law, um, you know, in whatever state. Because another thing is that attorneys' licenses are state specific, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I'm barred in, in DC. Um, so if you're in New York, you might want to get a New York business law attorney, right? So you can, you can search those people. A lot of um, attorneys offer uh, consultations online or by phone and things like that, and they, they'll have their website. So yes, it's, it's very easy to find an attorney. Um, and yeah, the first step should always just be to reach out. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? They'll tell you. That's true. That's true. And the consultation process, like, can you get like a lawyer consultation without actually like going through like a traditional onboarding process like you spoke about so I think, have to? I think it, it really depends on on the attorney you have mm. some attorneys that are you know they work for themselves so they mm. are sort of free agents and um, then you have some attorneys that will work with a firm so if you if they're working with a firm then you may need to go through whatever that person's process is but I mean the first step is always to reach out to the attorney and find out you know what their process is mm. That's that makes a lot of sense. So in terms of like the different types of entities that you could form, uh, traditionally, honestly, all I know is LLC. I know that there's other types of uh, entities. Can you touch on that a little? Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. The main four types of entities are going to be a sole proprietorship, mm. um, a partnership, a corporation, and an LLC. Now, there are a bunch of like sort of different subsets of those but those are the those are the main ones right so a sole proprietorship is kind of like joe schmo that i was talking about earlier mm -hmm. right like you don't really have a, a legal entity that mm -hmm. you have formed with the state you haven't formed any people with the state you're just an individual person that is running a business under like you know whatever your business name may be but um essentially like you have unlimited liability in that situation, right? Because like I described to you earlier, like there is no sort of legal entity to that is separate from you. Like you and your business are, are one because there is no, you haven't formed anything. So that's a sole mm -hmm. proprietorship. And that's like not what you want like to do as a business owner. You always want to create that separation between you and, and the business. So then you have... Um, and I should say also a sole proprietorship can only be have one owner, right? So mm. typically if you have like two or more people that are doing the same thing, like then it becomes a partnership, mm. right? So similarly, like a partnership is kind of the same thing, but when you have more than one person involved, you have a bunch of individuals that are working together um, in this sort of loosely, not really defined um, legal structure unless you define it by like, I'm um, having like a partnership agreement. Um, it's kind of getting into the weeds, <laughs> yeah. but essentially like for most startups, that's not what you, that's not what you want either. Mm -hmm. Just to put it like that, you know, there, there are some types of businesses, like a lot of law firms are actually partnerships. Um, there are some types of businesses that can, that can be partnerships and that it's recommended for, Honestly, it's really only recommended if you if you can afford really good insurance. Mm. Um, and the reason for that is because usually you do have at least it varies by state, but you can usually have at least one partner that has to have unlimited liability. Which going back to the sort of sole proprietorship idea, so but they have to have unlimited. Yes. So That's, typically, if you have wow. a right, so typically if you have a partnership, like if it was me, you, and another person, like one of us is going to have to be like sort of the general partner, and that person is subject to unlimited liability. So that means they could come for your house, your bank account, all that right. stuff. Exactly. So, so that's the reason why partnerships can get, like, it's, 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 you know, and, and it varies a lot by state law. So it just depends on the state that you're in. And it's just, it's not something that you as an entrepreneur, as a start, a startup and experienced should be um, running your business. Like, you know, you want to mm. have a, a, a structure that's actually sound, right? So then we're going into now, like sort of the two actually, you know, um, legal structures that result from you forming something with the state, right? So mm -hmm. that would be a corporation and the LLC. So with corporations, um, the main difference between a corporation and an LLC are the formalities that are required by the state 
and then taxation really right so when you have a corporation there are just a lot more rules that you have to follow to mm. put it plainly right um corporations um are they have to have a, a formal board of directors right um they have shareholders so you have th those are the owners of the business right a lot of times the board and the shareholders in a startup are going to end up being the same people but you have to go through the processes of like once you formed your your um entity with the state by filing your art your articles of incorporation that is like mm -hmm. the document that forms your entity after that you have to put in place bylaws which are like basically a set of rules for your um for your company and say like all these things about how the company is going to be run and stuff like that then after you do that you have to like go through these processes of like keeping records of everything that the company does right mm -hmm. so um you have to have meeting minutes right um of all of the meetings of the shareholders and all the meetings of the board of directors like everything that you do has to be like in writing that it was like approved by the shareholders or approved by the board of directors like depending on the statute like which action mm -hmm. which action you're taking it it goes into the weeds but it's basically just there are a lot of formalities that mm -hmm. you have to comply with as a corporation under state law in order to be in compliance with the law right um, whereas with an LLC, it's a, just a lot more, you have a lot more freedom to kind of run your business the way that you want. So with an LLC, you also do have to file articles. They're called articles of organization. So it's mm. not articles of incorporation, but articles of organization because you're, or, you're organizing your entity, right? Or mm. your LLC. So you do have to file that. But pretty much that's the only thing that you have to file. Um, and there are no, it varies a little bit by state law, but for the most part with an LLC, you're not required to keep any of those kinds of records. You know, it behooves you to do so um, mm. because, you know, it's it's just better to have a record of everything when you're when you're having a business. But the law doesn't require you to. So that way, like, if you don't do it, you know, you're you're less likely to face any kinds of penalties under the law or be out of compliance under the law as an LLC. So it's a business form that is just easier for a lot of um, entrepreneurship entrepreneurs to run because they don't have to worry about all of the intricacies of the law and like all those requirements right and then you get into the um issue of taxation right so essentially corporations are taxed twice it's what we call like double taxation hmm. so the corporation is taxed at the entity level so all of the income that the corporation makes as a business is taxed right and then if you are an owner of the corporation and you get paid what we call a dividend so dividends are like basically a payout that comes to you because you are a part owner of the of the corporation so when the corporation makes money or makes a surplus of income then they can pay dividends to the shareholders right mm. um so that money the dividend money is also taxed as well once it gets to the shareholders okay, so I got you. essentially any income that comes into the corporation is taxed the corporation itself is taxed and then when it pays the money out to the shareholders the shareholders individually are also taxed right that's why we call it double taxation when you have an llc it's you have pass-through taxation typically unless you elect to be taxed as like a corporate a corporation which again going into the weeds, yeah most llc's are not going to do that because they chose an llc because they don't want to deal with the corporation tax structure right mm. so as an LLC, you are uh, you have pass through taxation. So that means that the LLC itself is not going to be taxed at the entity level. The income and the losses of the LLC are going to pass through to the individual owners, and then they will be taxed on their individual tax returns, right? So if I have an LLC, or me and my friend have an LLC, right, um, and we make a lot of money, or we make a little money the money is not gonna, the LLC itself isn't going to be taxed whatever income we make um each of us will have to put that income down on our tax returns as income that we made that year and then it'll be taxed just that one time on us as individuals so it's more favorable because most time you end up paying less taxes as well and for startups who usually are tight on cash you know it's um it's just a more favorable tax structure for startups so for, the, for those two reasons, um, that's why we typically recommend that startups go with an LLC over a corporation. 
Um, there are some times where you may need to form a corporation as a startup, especially if you want to be, the main situation would be if you want to be a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Um, so trying to form a nonprofit, um, most states require that nonprofits be corporations and not LLCs. So you may have to, and the reason for that is like, as a nonprofit, you're tax exempt, right? So um, the IRS, you know, is giving you an exemption from taxes. So they want to make sure that they can keep an eye on your business. And that's why they want to make you be a corporation so that they can make sure that you have all of those, you know, are keeping up with all those formalities that corporations have to keep up with. As an LLC, you have too much freedom and it's harder for them to monitor what you're doing. So that's the reason why um, if you want to be a nonprofit, you usually have to go with a corporation. But other than that, typically always tell my clients um, who are startups for my LLC. I got you. A long-winded answer. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're an entrepreneur, if you don't contact a lawyer immediately, there's something wrong with you. That was so much information <laughs> that I feel like even if you take a legal zoom route, even if you try to do it the easy way, nobody's going to be able to give you a situational advice as Jasmine just gave, which was very detailed. Now, you need a lawyer. Like, I just want everybody to understand how important law is in business because if you're not protecting yourself, you're not protecting your assets, I generally don't think you care about your business. Like, how are you just going to be out, out here selling things and you're liable for anything to happen and then you have to pay out of your pockets and who knows if you even have all that money to pay for it. You might have to dip into savings, dip into this, that, and the third just to get it out there. So you definitely need a lawyer. I hope that this is making it very clear that you need a lawyer, okay? I just want to drill that in the heads. But... Um, <laughs> No, thank you so much for that uh, breakdown. But now I want to get into trademarks and how the importance of that. Can you talk about what is a trademark specifically, why trademarks are important? Yeah, for sure. So um, just kind of foreshadow, because I have an idea that, you know, you may have more questions about the other kinds of um, Mm. uh, intellectual property protections. Mm. I'm just going to kind of go into the four main types and trademarks is one of them, right? So you have like your trade secrets, you have trademarks, you have copyrights and you have patents, right? So those are the, the, the four main types. Um, so I guess I can start with, well, I'll start with trademarks first because um, that's what you asked about. And I think that that is kind of the one that most startups are gonna encounter or wanna know about. So essentially a trademark is something that um, protects your brand and the things that identify your brand, like your name, your slogan, your logo. So mm-hmm. these are going to be the things that customers will use to identify your product or your service, right? So for example, think of like Apple for cell phones, right? So like the name Apple, the Apple, actual Apple logo, sign, yeah. like those are going to be things that they would would have trademarks, right? Um, so, you know, trademarks are obviously very important because you're building your brand, you're building your business. Like um, the whole point of trademarks is supposed to be to, um, decrease confusion amongst customers about sort of where the product or service that they're getting is coming from, right? So you want your brand to be strong and having that trademark protection um, stops other people in your same industry from being able to use that same brand to, to sell a similar product, right? So um, so Apple has their trademark for, the, you know, the, for computers or for tech, so nobody else in tech can go and like use apple you know what i mean to do tech now if you want to use apple to sell apples or you know (laughs) for to sell perfume that smells like apples or something else like you can use it but in that particular you know area that particular industry nobody else can use that so that's what trademark protection is all about um and you know it's very important once your company is off the ground to to do that um, one thing that, you know, I, I always kind of caveat with is that, you know, a lot of times, like not to be negative, you know, we believe in everyone's business dreams and we want you to take your business as far as it can go. But a lot of times, like people have these ideas about all these things are going to do with this business and then it sort of never really gets off the ground. Right. So trademarking can be a very expensive process. Um, typically, you're gonna spend at least a thousand dollars to get a, a trademark, and that's at the low end. Very at the low end. end. That's at the low end. Absolutely. So one thing that I, um, a lot of entrepreneurs don't know, and that I tell people, 
is that when you're first starting out, you can afford yourself trademark protection by using the TM sign, mm, even if you don't have a trademark yet. That's tough. Right? So start like immediately when you're putting your, when you're marketing your product, you're putting out there, just put the TM sign, like mm. buy your, your, your trademark. And what that does is, first of all, it kind of like scares other people because they think you have a trademark. Mm. Um, but also, if you eventually do um, go and register for a trademark, you can backdate that protection to when you started using the TM sign, if that makes sense. Mm. So for example, just to give a short example, if I started my business today, it's June 23rd. So, okay, I started my business today, um, started using the TM sign, but I don't apply for an actual trademark until next year on June 23rd, June 23rd, 2021, right? Because now I've made some money and I feel like it's actually worth me investing this $1,000 or whatever to get the trademark, right? And then, you know, I end up having to sue somebody for like trademark infringement after I have my registration. But the person infringed on my trademark before I actually um, filed the trademark uh, application or before I actually got the trademark approved next year. Like say mm -hmm. the person started infringing on my trademark like in three months from now, right? Gotcha. If I decide once I have my registration to sue that person for what they did, I can still be protected under the mm -hmm. law because I started using the, T the TM before they started infringing on my trademark. So the court would be like, okay, well, when did you start using your TM? And then I would say, such and such a date, June 23rd. Mm -hmm. And so long as the infringement happened like <laughs> after I started using it, um, and I now have, the caveat is you have to eventually register it, but gotcha. I now have a registration. I've been using the TM since a year before my registration. Um, I can be protected under the law, right, for mm -hmm. trademark. So, even if you haven't gone through the process yet of um, protecting your trademark, which like I said, like sometimes we tell clients like, wait till it actually makes sense to spend that mm. kind of money, right? Um, wait till you see if this business is actually doing a thing. But mm. for that, just start, just start using that. Just start mm. using that right away. Um, uh, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but before we get, in, I have two questions that, that just came to my mind. Yeah, First, sure. like where would somebody like put this TM sign, like for example, like would it be like if you have a website, like, would you put it, like, I guess, on your logo? Like, in what places would you recommend? You'd put it anywhere that you Anywhere that your name is? Anywhere that you're using the thing that you would eventually trademark. So, if you mm -hmm. go on my Instagram, for example, my Jumpstart with Jazz, like, I have jewels from Jazz. That's kind of my, like, little hashtag that I use when I post my informational posts. Mm -hmm. And you'll see that on my page. It's, you know, jewel from Jazz TM, right? So, mm -hmm. like... I don't have a trademark registration yet, mm. but you know, at this point, I mean, I am using the TM. Mm. So you would just want to put it anywhere that anywhere where you're using that um, logo, slogan, trademark name to sort of market the business. So like on your website, like you mm. said, like if you have an Instagram page, if you have business cards, if you have T-shirts, like whatever, you want to use the TM anywhere where you're on on any marketing materials mm. for the business um to get that protection and my second question is so say after i do this process right i do the tm then i get it a year later but in your example you said like three months they started infringing after say between that like three months all the way like the nine months between the three and the 12 mm -hmm. could you collect damages from that i mean yes like if the court finds that the person <laughs> you know um <laughs> really did infringe upon your trademark and you were using the tm sign before and your trademark application um, eventually goes through and it's dated back to when you started using it, then yes, like all the time, the whole time period for which you had protection mm. under the law is the time period that someone can't infringe. So mm. um, yeah, if it's found that they were infringing and you had protection at that time, then yes. Jeez, that's lovely. All right, now, yeah, I think you're about to go into like the next intellectual property types now. Yeah. Yes, okay, got it. So, so that was trademarks. Um, the next one I'll talk about is, um, is trade secrets, right? So mm -hmm. trade secrets, um, they basically, they, they protect like secret information about your business. Like think about like the secret sauce, like the, the Krabby Patty, <laughs> right? Like, That's a good example. Coke, 
Right, the Coke formula, right? It's like, it's that secret sauce that like makes your product or your service special, right? Mm -hmm. So um, you can't register trade secrets. Like there is no like trade secret registration. What protects your trade secret is the fact that it's a secret, mm -hmm. right? So if you sort of like go out into the world and you start telling people the Krabby Patty recipe, like it's no longer a trade secret because like other people know about it, right? Mm -hmm. So it has to be something that's like, your secret sauce like it's you know sort of only known by people that are part of the business and it's a secret um to everyone else um and the way that you also you know keep your trade secret secret is and by like having people who are outside of your business sign like an nda right so mm -hmm. like you want them to sign an nda that says that they have to keep your trade secret secret any trade secret that they that you you know tell them about whatever they have to keep a secret too um so yes trade that's 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 trade secrets um and the way that they get protection is under the law so it's not the like um registration that protects you it's the fact that it's a secret and once you have one the laws apply to your trade secret if that makes sense so yeah, yeah no, that makes sense you have like the defend trade secrets act for example like that is a federal law body of law that defends trade secrets that's, it does exactly what mm. it's called right mm. so as long as you keep your secret secret you can get protection um under under the law against someone using your trade secrets um and then next you'll have your copyrights right so copyrights um protect works of authorship like um books movies drawings like that kind of thing right so the difference between a trademark and a copyright is that like a trade a trademark like i said it's 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 the thing that like identifies your business like it's the thing that like a consumer looks at and says oh that's a you know that's an apple computer like that's an mm -hmm. off-white t-shirt like that's a like it's the thing that makes your business um recognizable right whereas the copyright is like an actual work if that makes mm -hmm. sense so, mm -hmm. so if i let me give you an example so like okay talk about apple i'm just keep using the apple right mm. so the apple logo would be what you trademark right mm. but if you had like say that apple has like those pamphlets or whatever that come mm. like when you buy like an iphone or something it has like a, a pamphlet in it that kind of like describes the phone and like the instructions and how to use it and all that stuff like that like that is something that could be copyrighted got you okay right so gotcha, it's a work gotcha. of authorship right um one thing that's popular i see a lot a big trend with entrepreneurs now is doing um online uh, courses mm -hmm. as well as uh like ebooks mm -hmm. e like a lot of entrepreneurs are doing those those are things you would copyright right got you so you wouldn't trademark it you would just copyright it right you couldn't trademark it because oh, it's could, not oh, okay, okay. so if you have an ebook right mm -hmm. um, or, or you have an online course like the course is not the thing that is like identifying your company right it's not the name of your company it's not your company's logo like it's a piece of work it's a work of art mm. that your company it's a it's a product in a way like you know what i mean so those things would have to be copyrighted that's mm. the best way i can explain it um and copyrights you do actually file for a copy a copyright registration okay. like how you do a trademark but it's just a different um it's a different registration and then the last one was patents. Um, mm. So patents are, patents protect um, fundamental or ornamental features of something. So for example, like going back to Apple example, okay, for an mm. iPhone, um, you know that like the iPhone has like the swipe feature or it gotcha. has the home button design that like when you put your fingerprint, well, I guess they don't have those anymore, but like, mm whatever it is like the, I got the you, yeah. IP, like you know mm -hmm. what i mean like the feature of the product and the specific like process for you know like making that feature work that is like something that can be patented gotcha so it's kind of an abstract thing to think about but mm -hmm. essentially that's that's what patents are for and like trademarks and copyrights you do actually have to file a patent application and get patent protection um and they're only like they only last for a certain amount of time i don't i, I don't i'm not a patent lawyer so I'm yeah too, too, much, <laughs> too much farther into that but um that's sort of the difference there perfect perfect
Um, I know you touched a little bit previously about like NDAs, kind of like dropped it in there. Can we talk about uh, NDAs and basically like what are their importance? I understand like a, I might just, let me talk about how I first heard of NDAs. Okay. So the first time I heard about an NDA was I was, I was on doing an internship and I was on a call and it was, they were ta- they were trying to get investors for whatever product they were trying to get an investor, investor for. And they said, somebody asked the question like, oh, you know, can you talk about the like, specifics of the product? They said, unfortunately, we signed NDAs, so we can't do it. I'm like, what's an NDA? So I asked the person I was interning on, they're like, what is this? Like, oh, it's like a, basically a document that they can't disclose certain things. So can you give like more information about what an NDA is and wh- how people commonly use them in business? Absolutely. So, um, so let me just do a plug for NDAs first, firstly. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to say that you know, when I was talking earlier about sort of like the, the main types of documents that you need um, to start your business, like your articles, and if you're a corporation, you need bylaws and things like that, like um, an NDA is not something that you are required to have in any mm. way, shape, or form, but something that you absolutely should have mm. um, as a business owner. Um, you should have a form of NDA that is just like kind of ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um it's just like your standard form that you provide people when you're talking about your business ideas with them. And you can just, you know, just have a standard form and just like have blanks, like for the person to fill in their name and like sign or whatever and date. Um, But it's something that all business owners should just like have a form on hand for because um, it's important to use it whenever you're talking with somebody about your business ideas. and kind of going back to what I was saying about trade secrets, um, again, your trade secret is only protected as long as it's a secret. So mm-hmm. if you start telling people um, and they are not sworn to secrecy, um, then it's no longer a secret and you don't have protection, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you want to have an NDA um, whenever, like I said, you're, ex- you're talking about your business ideas because otherwise, like what is stopping that person from listening to what you have to say and then going and doing it themselves? right mm. so very important got you so if i was having a conversation like i my biggest question i guess is like how would you incorporate that and like, when is the right time so say you have like somebody and like i'm talking to them about a business idea right mm-hmm. would i come to like that meeting with the nda or like how would you present it i guess if you are having if you're setting up a meeting with someone to talk specifically about your business idea then yes, like I would want to come to that meeting armed with an MDA. <laughs> um, it's, it, it's honestly, it's probably better. And what we usually advise people to do is to send the NDA over beforehand to that mm. person, just so that, you know, they don't, they can't say later that you coerced them or they were, you know, didn't have time to look it over or whatever. Like if you give people the NDA beforehand, you know, um, then they have time to look it over. If they have an attorney, have the attorney look at it or whatever, and come to an agreement that would, what you, uh, before the meeting, that what you talk about at the meeting is going to be, it's going to be kept confidential. So, um, yes, absolutely. You know, if you want to talk with someone generally very high level about what your business is, like an NDA is probably not required at that time. You know, Mm -hmm. if you want to just say like, oh, I do this kind of business, like for me, like, oh, you know, I'm an uh, entrepreneurship attorney. And, you know, I uh, have this page and I give tips, you know, mm. to people who want those kind of tips. Like, if yeah. I say something like that, like, okay, that's fine. But if I'm sitting down and I'm having a meeting with you and I'm going through my products and I'm going through my service and how we do these things, like mm. anything that would sort of allow, just think of it as any any kind of information that someone could possibly, like, take and, and profit from. create mm. and profit from. Like, mm. that's when you're starting to get into the territory of, okay, maybe I need to consider um, getting an NDA for this person. Got you. So my last question for today is what is a good revenue amount? This is kind of a weird question. Revenue amount that someone should say, all right, now I should start. I know that we spoke earlier that like as soon as you get ready to start a business, but I feel like realistically the average entrepreneur is still not going to listen. Even though I said multiple times, you need a lawyer. They're still not going to listen. So what, what is like a point you said, right? If you're making like this amount of money, like on like a monthly or weekly basis, you should definitely reach out to a lawyer at this point. Uh, if, you could, if you could give a figure, like maybe I know, I know, I know. I don't think I can answer that. And I, <laughs> to be honest with you, because first of all, um, my belief is that any money is too much money to waste, right? Yeah, that's like so my quote, any money is too you, much. 
<laughs> any money. I don't want to waste any money, right? So if mm. you're investing your money, and time is money. So if you're investing mm. your time, your money into something, like you want to make sure that it's protected. Like, mm. why would you, you know, not do that? Like, it's, 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 you know, I know, like I said, people think attorneys are just like, it's an extra cost that they don't need to incur. But mm. honestly, you can go out. There are so many resources out there. Even if you don't want to get an attorney, like go online, look at, you know, all the law firms, like the one I work for and all the other ones, they all have like these legal blogs on different topics and stuff like that. Even just read what attorneys have to say on mm. the topic. Like do your research at the very least. Um, and there are a lot of attorneys out there who do free consultations as well. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, so even if you do one of those and you don't ever hire the person, then like I said, you go and do legal zoom or something like that. Just, you know, have someone that you can sort of bounce your ideas off of and get an, get, get, get some guidance, you know? Mm. Um, but I can't say, like I said, I can't say like a, a dollar amount yeah. or anything like that. Um, you know, definitely important though. All right. So if you got nothing out of this whole conversation, you need a lawyer, find a lawyer, <laughs> go right now, search for lawyers in your area, send them an email and get that done. Um, Jasmine, I know you're getting ready. You spoke a little bit about it, the platform that you're getting ready to start and the uh, journey you're about to go go on. Can you let the people know where they can find you? Absolutely. You can find me at Jumpstart with Jazz. So it's Jumpstart, all one word, underscore with Jazz, J-A-S, mm. on Instagram. Um, my page is, you know, it's a little scarce right now, but, you know. Nah, I, I feel you. That's how I'm always. <laughs> content. I didn't look. I'm a. I'm an attorney. I don't know anything about um, content creation. I didn't realize how much um, intricate actually, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, takes. So I've you know I've been getting a slower start than I wanted to, but absolutely getting the page up and running, and I'll be there doing more stuff like this. So feel free to check mm -hmm. it out. Definitely go follow her because you need lawyer advice. So please go <laughs> go ahead and follow her. Also, if you're not tuned into the podcast, follow Black Callus on everything, and we're out. <laughs>